This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. No strings till the hank comes out. Make all the drunk girls scream and shout. We love it, we hate it. We're all just trying to make it in this crazy town. Welcome into the Door Report. It is episode 199 on a Thursday night, January 5th, 2023. First episode of 2023, the new year. And well, you know well that this means the dog days, uh, even though we are in a basketball season and we've got baseball coming up. If this basketball season was going a little bit differently, it, I may not be talking about this season as the dog days, but that's sort of where we're at. Trevor Hill is alongside as well. Uh, we'll get to a lot today, uh, guys. Uh, we are powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, family owned and operated for more than two decades. Alaco Finewood Floors is Nashville and Middle Tennessee choice for premium quality hardwood floors since 1995 jimmy alaco and his army of employees have embodied the approach of taking pride in one's craft and providing superior customer service growing from a one-man shop to a team of 23 professionals who share the founder's passion for quality craftsmanship and customer satisfaction if you're interested in contacting them you can find their headquarters at 2505 winford avenue in berry hill or give them a call at 615-356-0303 or log on to their website that's alaco finewood floors dot com guys this is an interesting episode because we what when when was the last uh pod will was about a week a little over a week ago uh, i think yeah it was. like a week and a half ago i want to say it was yeah. it was definitely before new year this is definitely the first one of 2023 but trevor yeah. trevor do you remember the exact date of the last pod it feels it feels like forever i was i wasn't even on the last one i was at a i yeah. was at a friend's christmas party so it was oh, just, been yeah. like three weeks it was just the see, it, see that's yeah. why it feels so far it feels so far it feels away far we, were, we were missing part of the family so you know yeah. it, it just yeah. didn't feel quite right we are back and better than ever here in 2023 and uh, we're gonna keep the theme of the new year going with our new year's resolutions for Vanderbilt Ethics, and we're basically going to put ourselves in Candace Lee's shoes heading into this year, this new year of, of Vanderbilt Athletics with the basketball season kind of starting SEC play, the baseball team hoping to have a better season than last year, get out of a regional, uh, and then for football, kind of keep the train rolling with Clark Lee. We'll get into all that. Let's touch a little bit on basketball real quick here in the open. <laughs> Initial thoughts on the huge win over South Carolina to kick off this SEC season. You look at it, yes, you're 1-0, but, Will, that South Carolina team may be one of the worst SEC basketball teams I've ever watched. And Vanderbilt's kind of down there with them, too. Yeah, so, South. I mean, Vegas had Vanderbilt as a 10-point favorite over South Carolina. I understand Which Vanderbilt was, was playing it. Pretty shocking. Playing it 
Yeah, Vanderbilt being a 10-point favorite over anybody in the conference yeah. was kind of an eye-popping line, especially how they started yeah. out this season. But I don't. I think we just want to quickly touch on what's going on in Vanderbilt basketball because I think a lot of what our opinions are, we've already given them a lot. And I think there's a lot of consensus, which is rare in the fan base, which is just winning a few SEC games this year isn't going to cut it. There were expectations this year for Jerry Stackhouse for the first time. And I think he's feeling that, which has caused him to go on another blocking tirade on Twitter. He blocked Anchor of Gold. The yeah, SBA. he hasn't blocked us yet. Hey, yeah, he wait till I get to my he has me. resolution. He has me blocked. Don't worry. He has me personally blocked. I'm right there blocked. with you, Will. That, I, I was one of the first sacrificial lambs of the Jerry Stackhouse blocking uh, tangent that he goes on. So, Trevor, I know I saw your face when Billy mentioned Vanderbilt basketball. Some of your texts and tweets always crack me up uh, because you're kind of my spirit animal when it comes to Vanderbilt basketball. So I'm going to pass the torch over to you uh, to I vent mean, out my frustrations. Fans, I I hope you enjoyed Tuesday night because that's the only SEC win you're going to see this team win this year. Um, and, against, likely. and against the worst, if not the worst, basketball team in the SEC – um, this team is just not good the way And shout out to uh, Bobby two times on Twitter. He, uh, I, I, I keep asking why in God's name does Jerry Stackhouse keep putting Q and B and Trey Thomas in the starting five. He tweeted at me. He's like, he's like, did you, he's like, did you watch his post-game presser after his last game, which I forget what game it was. I think it was a Friday night. And there's a lot of things I would rather do on my Friday night than watch Jerry Stackhouse's presser at 10 o'clock at night, but I didn't. And he said that Jerry's reasoning was uh, Jordan, Liam, and Magnon play better off the bench. I get it. Some guys do. I'm not going to argue it. Well, I am about to argue it. It <laughs> makes legitimately – no sense to have three of your best players. One of them you can argue, two of them you could argue are your two, could be your two best players. I know Studi's starting, but you can make the argument that Liam and Jordan Wright are two of your best players out of the 16 on the team. And you're already going into the game handicapped because you know that teams are just going to absolutely bully this starting five. I mean, we saw it in the South Carolina game. South Carolina went out on like a, on a pretty deep run to start the game. Until, this like, team is, yeah, Trevor, that's what I wanted to, I have it pulled up 13 to five to start the game against South Carolina. This team is not good enough to start in a hole every no. single SEC game. And this starting lineup is going to start you in a hole every, every single game. SEC yes. game. Yes. It's some of the lineup combinations and the minutes, I think, when you look at the final box score and the, and the season stats with minutes played, average minutes played, it looks about right. But when you actually watch the games and watch the substitutions and watch the lineup combinations, I mean, we can go into this for, for, for a very, very long time of combinations of players and not having enough scoring on the court and defenses just don't have to be spread out enough to utilize the weapons that you do have uh, yeah. on the inside and slashing, slashing in Tyron Lawrence weapon, a weapon in Liam Robbins, unlike we have seen since maybe AJ Ogilvie. Uh, hey, with the amount of offense. That Liam was playing at an all SEC level for like a good stretch of the non-conference. And you're going to 
bench him? It's the most baffling well, like, just move not just of a, all time. Liam was he let he was like leading He's the best the player. nation in blocks at one point. He Liam was like Robbins, top 10. Liam Robbins. We ha- is do we have any explanation player. for this? It doesn't. I, there is no oh logic that can my tell you why these my, three of your four best players are coming off the bench and you're starting with the B team. Really, I remember Will. Will you had this conversation? I feel like after every goal basketball game last year, and it really got pretty old towards the end of the season. We basically said for some recaps, we're gonna we're gonna give you the score, <laughs> and 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 you know speed had a couple points, but we were touching on the same exact stuff every game. And what we're basically doing this year, guys, we're going to – it's going to be a lot of rants, basically. I mean, it just – because there's nothing substantial to get to. It's the same stuff that we have been been ranting on last year, and it, it's gotten worse. Like, Liam Robbins that, is the best – Everything that we hoped would improve – sorry, Billy, it's you're, you're frozen no, you're here on the video, so it's a little hard to tell uh, when, when you're uh, going into it. But, you can still hear uh, me, correct? Yeah, hear you loud and clear. We got your beautiful <laughs> melodic voice going. But everything about this team statistically is either middle of the pack or bottom of the pack in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And I think it's odd because Jerry Sackhouse is probably struggling for the first time. And I just keep going back to it with the expectations. And we were hoping to see things improved from last season. And the mood around the program was positive because it seemed like even with the departure of Scottie Pippen Jr. that, that Jerry Sackhouse was learning. And he was improving. Uh, the offense got better. It got a little more smooth. There were less of those lulls and just gigantic runs with the offense producing zero, two, four points. Um, and then this year, it just feels like back to square one. You mm-hmm. once again don't have enough shooters on the court combined with enough scoring. The offense is extremely stagnant on the backside over and over and over. It seems like you're not getting into your offense early enough in the shot clock. And too many times, it's just one guy isolating after the horns action or the pick and roll up top doesn't work. It's one guy isolating, driving, kind of throwing up a wild shot or hoping to find a kick out uh, on the wing to a mediocre shooter. Vanderbilt's third in the SEC right now in three-point attempts, and they're not producing a lot of points on the offensive end. I think they're 11th in points per game, third in three-point attempts. Something's not adding up there. They need to get to the basket. They need to utilize their size, and you're just not seeing combinations on the court that accent the stars, that accent Liam Robbins, that accent Miles Studi, and right now, Jordan Wright simply isn't playing good enough. This no. whole team and this whole offense was pretty much predicated on Jordan Wright at that three or two guard position, kind of being the guy, kind of being the mm-hmm. get a bucket guy, uh, clear out, put everybody on the outside, Studi in the opposite corner, Liam setting a, setting a screen for a pick and roll, pick and pop. That was what the offense was supposed to be. And I know he's dealing with injuries. So I don't want to be too critical of Jordan Wright because I know he has back issues and, and everything. And he's always constantly is that wrap or heating wrap around his lower back. And I've dealt with that. And I'm certainly not a division one athlete and it can be quite debilitating. So I couldn't imagine trying and going uh, to play a basketball game, but he has to be better for this team to win more games. He's going to have to be putting up points in the upper teens, low twenties alongside Liam Robbins consistently putting up a similar point scoring line putting up in the upper teens, lower 20s, because you don't have Scottie Pippen Jr. The points have to come from somewhere. And Mm -hmm. right now, the only consistent part of this team is inconsistency. 
outside of Miles Studi shooting. And when Liam Robbins is involved, he's involved and he's yeah. scoring. But there are just these stretches when he's on the court and he's just invisible. And or some of that, he's just not getting the minutes with the guys that he needs to be on the court with. So Trevor and Billy, I'm sure that we will hit on this a lot more as SEC play continues. But I don't want to get uh, too much, too many rants going here because there are plenty I have written down. Oh, there, there's too many. There, there's I mean, too also, many too, when this is the last thing I'll say about it, whenever you're a team that's like this untalented, You've got to make your free throws, guys. I mean, and that's not I that's not asking for a lot. At the end of the day, that just comes down on like fundamentals and the gym and coaching and making sure that like, hey, we've got to get these shots up in practice because Trevor, if we don't hit before, these free throws, we're gonna lose. Joined. This is one of my all-time things in basketball. Is there's zero, nothing else in any other major sport that is like a free throw. It is the same shot, whether it's one second on the clock in front of 20,000 people game on the line. There is no defense legally. It is the only thing in sports that is just three points. It's just you. Consistently, and and teams are shooting in the the upper 60s, low 70s. It's just embarrassing. It's just not not getting the shots up. Yeah, what what were they, nine for 18 or something like that uh, against South Carolina? That That's not well, going to cut it. And that was the only really team, what we always did after, after gonna, the games. We'd go through and say how many of the games. Uh, we would always mention if, the free If they would have just hit 80%. If they would just hit yeah. 80%, it's amazing how many games would be won. It's amazing. So, Will, you hit it right on the head. We're not gonna we're not gonna talk too much because, for, quite frankly, I think Vandy fans are sick of hearing about this basketball program. They, they're just this even win. Isn't that crazy? Like you you win your first SEC game of the season, and that's just where they're at. That, that is where yep. this program's at. And we're we're gonna talk about more about this program in sort of our resolutions slash to do list, whatever you guys want to officially name this. Uh, but first. Before we do that, don't, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. All right, let's get to our New Year's resolutions. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to a Laco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. All right, guys, let's let's get into it, and I'll go ahead. It, it feels like we're back in football season with the three keys to victory, uh, but this <laughs> is three New Year's resolutions for 2023 Vanderbilt Athletics. Ho- hopefully fans, uh, you know, when we get this posted, I may form a question on Twitter, maybe a poll uh, when we post it and get fans involved uh, as well. I think fans are going to like this, and, and I'll start, guys. I'll, I'll start here. Uh, like I said, I don't want it to be too long-winded, uh, but then again, we, we've had a lot of these and they have gone uh, pretty long. So I, I'll start with basketball. And this is kind of a different topic point within the basketball program. And it's the head coach. Uh, this is not really not really about Stackhouse. It's about who might be the next head coach, because I think we do need to start thinking about that uh, and later in the season. If this gets worse, uh, when it gets worse, most likely uh, we're, we're going <laughs> yeah, to be talking not if, about when. This. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be talking about this, uh, and I think I don't think it's too early. Uh, so, but my first resolution for Candace Lee, like I said, guys, we're, we're gonna for a lot of these, we're gonna put ourselves in Candace Lee's shoes if we were the AD, and 
uh, basically saying, okay, how do we how do we fix and resolve some of these issues ailing Vanderbilt athletics, specifically basketball at this point? And my number one resolution is bring in a proven winner for basketball. And when when Vanderbilt brought in Bryce Drew, guys, you could he was definitely a proven winner, but not at the power five level he was at Valparaiso uh and Valparaiso I, I I keep forgetting what conference they're in but they're not a power five conference that you know he wasn't a coach from another SEC school he wasn't a coach from another Big Ten school and most of the times Vanderbilt isn't going to do that but I think their basketball program is at that point where you have to have a, a proven winner replace a guy like Jerry Stackhouse and like it's it feels weird talking about that this early but I think we're at the point because that's where Vanderbilt basketball is right now. This is a program that is filled with tradition, and, and you have a, a, a gym like Memorial Gym that is a ghost town right now. I mean, nobody is showing up to games. Uh, the, the court looks unrecognizable uh, with the new logo. Not saying I hate the new logo, but a lot of fans do. Uh, they've made a lot of changes within the gym that a lot of people don't like, uh, and it wasn't the best uh, for optics when the Memphis game was about a thousand degrees inside the gym. And, you know, oh, that, there, there, you, you, there was a decent chunk of Vanderbilt fans there. There was a lot of students there. Uh, there was a decent amount of Memphis fans there. So I think it starts with when you hire a, a proven, when you attempt to hire a proven head coach at the, at, at, in, you know, at the power five level point to Memorial gym. I mean, that, that place used to be an absolute, hell for other opponents other sec opponents nobody wanted to go in there so when you when you're bringing in this coach when you're interviewing coaches which candace lee is going to be doing this offseason i mean i think we need to start pointing to that and talking about that you have to point at memorial gym obviously point to nashville but guys bring in a proven winner you know you could argue bryce Drew was but not at a high enough level i don't think to where he had enough experience Bryce Drew was young and i'm not saying hiring head coach because if, if you're a proven winner, you can you can be a young head coach. But find the guy that fits the program. Because you look back, well, we talked about it a lot. Malcolm Turner was the guy that hired Jerry Stackhouse. And Malcolm Turner w- wasn't even an AD for a whole year. So from the beginning, from the jump, it was just, where's this going? You, you just, you didn't know. So for me, guys, I've talked about this with a lot of other people, my brother, so many other fans saying, we need a proven winner. Now, I, I would like this to be a coach from the power five level. But then again, you know, we've seen examples of this. Will Wade, who was at Chattanooga uh, before he went to LSU and of course got in big trouble, but you know, there are coaches, there are proven winners at the group of five level as well. So preferably power five level uh, that probably will be tougher. But then again, guys, Vanderbilt, Candace Lee is going to have a tough decision. I mean, you know, do you do you give him another? I mean, do you follow through the extension? I mean, what what? Christ, no! Know, like I, I don't no, I don't understand. I, I just I don't know. We've talked about the extension before. We we've hit on that. But number one resolution for me, guys, bring in a proven winner that will immediately excite the fan base. You know, without the, that coach even stepping foot on the floor, where you can look at that coach and say he's gonna win at Vanderbilt. And, and to where game one, this coach is so exciting that you get fans into the gym because that's honestly a huge problem, guys, too. I mean, ticket sales, their ticket sales are being killed right now at, at the basketball level. One of the two major sports, football, basketball, and they're just being yep. killed, especially women's is is always going to be that way. But 
and the women's program is sort of in the same spot, but I think they are building with, with Shea Ralph. I think that that is something we haven't talked a whole lot about. We did a little bit last year, Will, but they are it's it's similar to Clark Lee, where they may not be winning yet to the level they want to, but you see a trajectory, you see hope, you see light at the end of the tunnel. With Jerry Stackhouse, you don't see anything. So for me, guys, number one, bring in a proven winner. If it's from the group of five level, fine, but preferably from the power five level, that will be tougher, though. So that's my number one resolution. Will, keep rolling with yours. I like that ours are going to be so different. Uh, but just <laughs> to hit on just to hit on basketball for a second, what you were talking about, I just think that the recent seasons for Vanderbilt basketball and men's basketball specifically have kind of jaded the view nationally and especially within the fan base of what this program was and what it can be again. This this program had not had a 20-loss season. They had not had a single-digit win season since 1947-1948 until Bryce Drew. And then Bryce Drew and Jerry Stackhouse have both managed to do that. So this is not something that is like the football program that's, you know, it's had its moments, but really in recent history has not been that successful. And you're truly trying to build something new. You need a plug and play guy. This is a program that has the facilities, has kind of the history surrounding it. And you've seen it in recent history, as recent as 2012 uh, with an SEC championship with with success recognized nationally. So I think that Billy, you're right. That's a, that's go, a tough hire. I'm hoping uh, I know this is uh, Trevor, Billy, I'm not saying this is my opinion, but I always like to hold out hope that maybe, maybe something can happen. Trevor, I see, I see your face. You're kind of looking away, uh, but I'll move on to my, my number one New Year's resolution. So if I'm putting myself in the shoes of AD Candace Story Lee, my, the number one New Year's resolution is construction. That needs to be her focus from beginning to end. What is going on within the redo and revamp of the Vanderbilt football stadium, closing down Jess Neely Drive, creating a completely new tailgate environment. That is kind of what I'm hitting on. That is resolution number one. So resolution number one is the construction. Really, basketball and a new coach, that can all take a back seat because every bit of energy within the Vanderbilt Athletics Department needs to be focused on absolutely nailing uh, this redo of the stadium, because for once, it would be nice to have somebody visit the stadium of my favorite college football team and not have the comment of, it's so shitty. Like, that's generally, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to mince words. That's generally the thought. It's it's not just the seating capacity. And I can't really disagree with them. It's kind of shitty. Those so metal it's going, bleachers, man. Yeah, it's going to be oh, nice. God. It's, it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> it's going to be... A, a, a moment of pure existential happiness for Vanderbilt fans to have a stadium to be proud of. So that needs to be the focus of, of the AD going into 2023. So that's my number one resolution moving on to you. Old Trevor. Yeah. Well, I, this, I didn't, for my, uh, for my resolutions, they're in no particular order, but, and I didn't, I didn't, have yours down but yeah neither are mine by the way uh i didn't have mine in chronological order uh so i I might have had that at mine at three will sorry i'll I'll throw that in (laughs) i was fixed to say i totally agree billy i was like i think no matter what we say tonight i think will's first resolution is probably not probably 
is going to be the most important. Um, so, yeah. And I will say just sort of along what Billy said, I know this guy is not a power five coach and people might disagree with me, but I would let somebody take a baseball bat to my knee for Casey Alexander, go down the road, get him from Belmont, just literally go down Blake Moore in. Dude, go down Blake, literally Walt, Walt down Blake Moore Ave, be like, hey, dude, here's your contract. We'll see you in a couple months. If you haven't watched Belmont, by the way, you want a complete change from the style of basketball that you are currently watching. Two words. Two words. Two words. Well coached. Well Well coached. coached. It's beautiful basketball. I was going to say free flowing. The offense, it is is a getting inside to the big man. And then the big man looks for the kick out three, and it is beautiful. It's the and Rick Casey, Bird style carried on perfectly it is for Casey Alexander. Casey basketball. Alexander coached at Lipscomb, moves on to Belmont. I think it would just be perfect if he moved. It on had them West had them at Lipscomb humming. Yeah, like and that. he could recruit to the SEC now. He could yeah. recruit guys. Say, hey, come play in the SEC. I'm still in Nashville. Just come play over at West End now in a pretty damn cool gym. So I, exactly. I'm, I'm in with that. I, I love that, but one of my New Year's resolutions is, and I and um, it's already I I think sort of in play with the volleyball team. Um, a lot of Vanderbilt fans, and I'm I've been one of them for a long time, have been asking for additional sports. Um, I think just literally yesterday. I mean, we know that we've been having a, a volleyball team in 2025. Vanderbilt volleyball finally made the head coaching hire, Anders Nelson. Um, I was looking him up a little bit. Helped win a couple of SEC championships uh, in volleyball at Kentucky. But I think something that Vanderbilt really needs is something like a, a track and field program for men's. I think that would be a huge recruiting asset for not just football, but for things like baseball. Uh, whenever you have a lot of these kids, particularly from uh, South Florida and Texas, not only are they football stars, they're track stars, too. I mean, we don't, and, and so whenever they come, they want to go to schools to where they can play football. And when football is out of season, they can run track. I think, um, I, we don't know what all happened in the, in, behind the scenes with Jalen Ramsey, but I remember the Tennessee did an interview with him and they were like, why didn't you go to Vanderbilt? And he was like, they didn't have a track and field program. And so I think something like that, I think we need a track and field program for men's. Get us a women's softball team. I think we're the only SEC school that doesn't have a women's softball team. I think that would be good. I think you have, especially in the South, a ton of softball talent in the Mid-South and the Southeast. And even more than softball talent in the Mid-South and the Southeast, you have dudes who are fast and can run and who would be pretty good, like someone like Jaden McGowan, running track in the summer and then playing football uh, in the fall. So get us some underrated. Additional underrated resolution. I, I like it. You hit on something. I, I don't care about other sports, if we're going to be honest. So I like that resolution, <laughs> but I'm not I'm not going to watch softball. I'm not going to watch I don't mind field. the I'm track not going to watch field. volleyball. So I'm just going to be honest. I don't give a oh, shit. I, I don't mind the juice about volleyball. On, I'm not going to I love that you're into it. I'm not <laughs> hating on it. But one point that you brought up, and a, and a lot of these you know, are a lot more complex because of Title IX and scholarship distribution and having to balance out equal distribution of scholarships within the certain amount. I don't I don't know all of that. 
But the interesting thing, Billy, I think we brought it up before, where Sarah Fuller was on Vanderbilt's football team, where football has always been classified as a male sport. Um, and 85 of those scholarships, which are what subsidize the other female sports. I'm wondering if that is ever going to be brought up as we see the NCAA and all of this kind of in a tectonic shift uh, over into something completely different where it's not a male sport. Males are just better at it. If there's a female that's good enough to play, look at Vanderbilt. She was their kicker. Uh, that would kind of completely change, not just kind of, it would completely change the landscape of college athletics. So yeah, uh, that's that's a little random tangent that I've been meaning to kind of plug in I, here because I plugged it a long time ago, like way long ago before the Sarah Fuller thing happened uh, is something that I've always kept an eye on. But that would definitely loosen up some things for Vanderbilt with the scholarship distributions. I don't care for softball, Trevor, but I don't, I wouldn't mind track and field because I do agree. Uh, you know, that could impact. Huge that could kind recruiting. Of I agree. Asset. Yeah, that that Huge. could create. You know, I'm not like sitting here pissed we don't have a track and field program, but at the same time, I think that could help specifically football, maybe baseball, maybe basketball, where guys, they want to play both. I mean, you have athletes nowadays that are that good to where, you know, I want to play track too, try it out. You know, maybe you get guys from South Florida, from other states that you don't usually get. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, well, but, well but let's two, go to my second one. Go ahead, Trev. I'll just say quickly with two, I, I kind of get with softball because – where all the athletic facilities are, it's already so cramped. So where the hell are you going to put a softball field? Because yeah. they're sure as hell not going to play on Hawkins. But like, where do you put it? But with the track and field, it's so you don't need to build anything. You've already got a, a track. It's there. Yeah, it's there. Just institute it. Yeah. Then again, I don't know the procedures, but it's just like you don't have to build anything. You have everything. Start the program. I, let's I, get some money. and Let's get some fast guys in. With with the addition of the volleyball program, I wouldn't be surprised if down the road that's something Vanderbilt considers. I mean, I really wouldn't. There's probably a lot of logistical things that they would have to figure out. Uh, of course, whether it's scholarships, where where do you play, you know, all kinds of different things. But uh, but yeah, that that's that's another conversation uh, to have. Well, it's funny uh, you talked about construction for your number one resolution. For my number two resolution, it's release another set of clearer renderings for the football stadium that that's sort of hand in hand with your construction. You're talking more of shovels in the ground. Let's get it started. Uh, but for me, I, I think a lot of fans uh, are interested in, in getting a more clearer picture of what the football stadium is going to look like. I'm not saying that the renderings were, were bad and because they did help. I, I think they did help, but you know, you, you see a lot of renderings and they're pretty damn clear. I mean, you know, you see exactly where the concourse is. You see where the tunnel is and, and how it connects to the locker room. You see really everything in a lot of these renderings. There are some renderings that aren't uh, as good, of course, but, you know, I've talked to a lot of older uh, Vanderbilt fans who, who still support the programs and they say they were a little confused about certain aspects of, of the renderings that were released. And so for me, just and I'm sure they, they're planning on this, but, you know, a resident for this year, giving something that fans can really look at and say, OK, this is clear. I, I have a complete understanding uh, of what they want to do, because looking at the rendering, I don't know. Obviously, everything isn't set in stone. That's what that's what I uh, perceive from the renderings, that, that they don't know quite 100 percent yet what everything is going to look like. They know a, a lot. They were able to release renderings. So that's a good step in the right direction. But. You know, I don't have really a month, but maybe in the first first half of this year, first six months here, 
release a, a really clear set of renderings, whether it's, you know, a slideshow, another video. I think the video interview was really good uh, that Candace did with, I think it was Kevin Ingram, where she really went through and, and described everything and just something like that, whether it's a presentation, another interview, just getting the word out. Uh, because I don't know that there was as much hype as Vanderbilt might have expected uh, for the renderings. Uh, it's probably a lot of the state of the program and the state of the athletic department. Uh, so winning helps that, obviously. But I think putting out clear renderings where fans can sit there and say, OK, I know exactly what this is going to look like. This gives even more excitement. And you also get other SEC schools saying, man, that Vanderbilt's moving in the right direction. Look at these renderings. I mean, th these are these are clear as day. We know what this stadium is exactly going to look like here in two, three, four years, whenever uh, th this thing is built. And this isn't just the football stadium, guys. This is how it connects to Memorial Gym, the the, the bridge, you know, the, where, where fans can walk. And I mean, you could if there there's never three games in one day for baseball, basketball, football. But a lot of times there's a baseball game and a basketball game. How easy is it for fans to navigate both both stadiums and Memorial Gym? So I think fans are excited about that. Uh, I, I've, I'm hearing about a new deck. Uh, kind of a, a party deck of some sorts uh, over Hawkins Field. I think that'd be great. So just something more clear where, you know, and I'm not saying the last renderings weren't because they were even better than expected, but something really substantial to where, okay, this is the finished rendering. This is what it's going to look like. I think some fans are interested in that. And so I would go number two, sort of hand in hand with your construction, Will. Something maybe before a lot of this construction, clear and on paper, and a, maybe the interview, which was great, maybe something like that to where fans really understand, OK, this is what's happening and we're confident in it. So for me, number two would be a clear picture of, of what uh, or set of pictures of what the football stadium will look like and also how it connects with Memorial Gym and with Hawkins Field. So uh, that honestly will for me goes hand in hand with the importance of the construction and shovels in the ground, because that is, I agree with you, Trevor, that is the most important thing right now. Yeah, that's, that's another part. And I think I had that as like a little bullet point kind of sub thing was, and you hit on it really well is the reveal of everything. And I feel like in general, the buildup has been kind of nothing. Uh, the hype, they really haven't built up that much at all. There, there haven't been a lot of posts besides, a, you know, kind of longer video release of the overall vision of Vanda United. And that's give that does give me a little trepidation um, be, just because of being burned in the past of having high expectations is why, why has this not just been an absolute landslide at the forefront of everything that Vanderbilt is doing at the forefront of the football program? Why is this not being pushed that way? So that does lead a little concern. Uh, into my mind, Billy. So I'm glad you hit on that. So getting more information, the lack of information out there about this project is baffling. I was I was trying to read up on what is going on. What what is the timeline? What are the next steps? What are they looking to do? There's nothing. Just the projects of Vandy United, uh, how to donate money, the big broad vision, but just bullet points, details. Um, and that kind of goes into something within the football game day experience because a lot of my resolutions are are based around football because that's what I attend the most of improve the tailgating experience because right now Vanderbilt's tailgate experience is dog shit it is awful it's hard to navigate there is absolutely nothing unique nothing cool nothing fun about it 
Uh, they implemented some type of live band that is just annoying. People oh, have music. So People bad. have music at their tailgates. Everybody brings their own speaker or they have Dude, a game. It's so bad. Watching. Nobody wants to hear some awful country music blaring over the speakers or some rock music. You can go down to Broadway or Printer's Alley or wherever you want to go, Midtown, and listen to music if you want to. So step one is just whoever was in charge of a lot of the decisions for how the tailgate is set up, just get rid of them and start fresh because they clearly have never been to a tailgate or know how to operate one. Just a lot of the decisions, like there were these food trucks that were supposed to be there and, and available for people to buy food from during uh, Saturdays. And there's one occasionally there, one food truck. You're in Nashville, get a hot dog cart. They're everywhere. Daddy's dogs, they're all over the place. Greek Euro yeah. places, they're up and down the road. That would be better than what you're offering right now of one best case food truck sitting outside with a big line in front of it. So these are just two things that just sitting out there being a part of the tailgate experience this football season that can be fixed with one phone call. That can be fixed with assigning somebody to get food trucks around a tailgate for an SEC football game shouldn't be too hard to get food trucks around for a crowd of 20 to 40,000 drunk SEC football fans. Yeah, by the way, I was going to say yeah. fans are starving on game That's day. exactly like, what it like. This should be yes. any, anything that's available. It is beneficial to everyone involved. I don't understand why the logistics of this are so complicated and above Vanderbilt to be able to do this. You have a smaller stadium than other SEC schools. View that as a benefit. You're able to create a more intimate, personalized tailgating experience than Tennessee with a 100,000-seat football stadium. You're going to have a 35,000-seat. Right now, it's at 39,000-seat football stadium. So maybe you have 10,000 max season ticket holders, maybe four or 5,000 people tailgating. Make it a unique experience. Offer something that other schools just can't because it's simply not feasible with how many people are there. Have waters available, have drinks. They used to back in the day when Vault, I don't know if you remember Vault Soda, uh, they used to have giant coolers of vault just around that you could oh, have. Oh, it was like the Mountain Dew looking thing. Yeah, or when Coke yeah. Zero was first coming out. Where did that go? They they always had these advertisements with just free giveaways. And I know that there's a lot of other things on, on Candice Lee's plate and a lot of other, other things and projects on the mind of this athletic department. But obviously, number one, the construction and overall large projects being the number one priority. Number two is get somebody that is just in charge of that tailgate experience and get people under them that know how to execute a tailgate. Because right now it feels like what we're always frustrated with with past hires um, in the administration is you have a lot of people that have never been to tailgates in their life that are coming out with project management degrees and being hired into an athletic department and having ideas like have somebody playing country music because this is Nashville. Of course, people want to hear country music during a tailgate. That is just the perfect symptom of kind of the echo chamber that has been within Vanderbilt's walls for years and years and years. So in my overall number two and football tailgating being an example of it is try to break out of that bubble because I feel like you're trying to be every other SEC school and you're just not. And with the addition of Texas, especially coming up, I mean, you're going to be even less resource equal 
comparatively to the rest of the conference. So find a niche, find a lane, look at what TCU has done. Obviously that's a unique circumstance and they started this season unranked. It's possible. That's a small private university within a large power five conference. It's possible. But the first step is just focus on the game day experience for fans. Football is what I'm focused on, but across all sports, because right now it's just black. There's nothing exciting about attending a Vanderbilt athletics event right now. No. Yeah, I totally agree. For my next one, I will say, I think everything we've said so far and everything we will continue to say, logistically speaking, are on the table, but will be pretty hard to do. This next thing that I'm about to suggest, I think might be the easiest thing that Candace Lee could do, and fans would eat it up. Let's bring him home. Bring Joe Fisher back. He doesn't have to be the voice of the Commodores. I know Andrew Allegretta has that locked down. And I will say, Andrew has really grown on me. I think he's really good. I think he's really good at baseball. I think that's where he shines. Um, I I get that. And And you have Kevin Fisher, too. So he doesn't necessarily even have to be, like, the voice of the Commodores again. Get him in the booth. There are so many radio broadcasts and TV broadcasts that have three people in the booth, one on the sideline. Give him something. Bring him back. Yeah, I know he made a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. And he's owned up to it. He said he was wrong. And he's been a great, for people who like struggle with substance abuse issues, Joe Fisher has been nothing but a wonderful role model to people on how you battle that sort of disease. I think that Vanderbilt needs to bring back Joe Fisher. I think she can do it as easy as snapping her fingers and being like, I don't even know what we're going to do with him. Sign him to a contract and let him make Twitter videos for our Twitter accounts. Do do something to bring him home. I know he had that stint at your alma mater, Tennessee Tech. He, I, I believe he tweeted out he resigned because like the, the, the traffic getting to and fro was too dangerous. I don't blame him. Um, I know he's with um, National he's, Sports he's doing Stadium. High, he's doing high school football now, yeah. Yeah, do, do something. Get Joe back on West End. Get him back in the Guggen. Put him in the booth. Put him on the sideline for every freaking game. I don't care if you're like, oh, that's too many people. I don't care, and the fans don't care. And I don't – and I get that Candace is one of us. She's a Commodore. I – and this is a little bit frustrating. I don't think – she and the brass and the Vanderbilt athletic department understand how much these fans love Joe Fisher and doing something that simple. I don't think they realize how much that would mean to the fan base in terms of fan service. If he would be willing, I mean, dude, this, this is a no brainer. If it's too many people in the booth, if he would be willing, and I think every fan would be on board in this situation if he's willing if there's too many people in the booth kick someone else out because yeah. it, i mean i andrew allegret is fine like he's fine that that's yeah. what i was saying man he's fine joe but give fisher, me joe if you're like joe andrew fisher joe, is the give me it, joe. in my personal opinion i've listened to a lot of radio play-by-play besides billy Derrick, of course joe fisher <laughs> is on a completely he different is level he, 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 he is vanderbilt he is the goat he is the yes. goat. He is who I associate every great Vanderbilt sports memory. I John associate Norwood. His, I associate oh his call. God. His call after they beat Tennessee 
when he said uh, the streak is while they well I wasn't even going to that one I was going to say when they beat Butch Jones and he said while they may may be the self-proclaimed champions of uh, life they're not champions of this state so Trevor you've given me something new that one right there is my favorite there are a lot of good ones but that one right there is my favorite you know Joe Fisher Joe Fisher was able to sassy he was able to really hit the heartstrings of Vanderbilt fans, unlike any other person, really, not just an yeah. announcer. But there hasn't really been somebody that that associates uh, the way he did with Vanderbilt fans. He was great in the community, uh, such a yeah. nice guy. Uh, I I don't Wonderful I think we can all person. yeah I think we can all agree they probably could have treated him a little bit better, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he's a great broadcaster still. There's got to be an avenue for him. Uh, to, to, I don't know if employed is the right word, but, but be a part of Vanderbilt again, somehow, some way. Uh, and I'm, I'm with that. I'm totally with that. Um, Vanderbilt you know I think fans, fans miss, you know, having a voice, you know, uh, like that. They miss mm-hmm. having somebody that they can associate so strongly with Vanderbilt athletics. That's what Vanderbilt is missing among he's, so many other things. He's much better. And I don't mean this as a diss if there's any Mike Keith fans out there. It, it's Mike Keith is not my favorite radio play by play guy uh, for the Tennessee Titans. However, he is a unique and identifiable voice that I associate with memory. Identifiable, of, yeah. Of, of the Titans. And that's how, and Joe Fisher to me is a unique and identifiable voice that is also an incredible, maybe the best play by play guy. And I just feel lucky the time that I got to listen to him doing play by play for Vanderbilt because it's not that other guys are bad or Andrew Allegretta. I don't mean it to sound like that. But it's just you don't notice the magic until it's gone. And, yeah. and Joe Fisher had that magic. I, I, there's no I, way to replicate it or fake it. He just had I it. Would do, I would do anything to go back to the year 2011, listening to him and Tim Thompson broadcast a basketball game. That was the best duo that was uh, in the a, SEC. Time. Tim Thompson you know what? is still really good, by the way, too. I'll, I'll say this, too. I might not, I maybe shouldn't say this, but screw it. it. And two, if you're going to, I don't care where you fall on the political spectrum. I'm just using this as an example. If you're going to keep Dan Jackson on staff after his comments, then bring back Joe Fisher. Like, Jesus Christ, what are we doing, guys? He made like a simple mistake. Yeah, it was a mistake. He owned up to it. He apologized. He went through the proper steps. Bring him back. And Joe Fisher has done way more for not just Vanderbilt University, but the city of Nashville than freaking yeah. Dan Jackson has in his short time here. Like, well, it I, was, don't, it was, I don't it understand was great. I, the I don't understand the moral compass here. It doesn't make sense. I, I like I got that Trevor's see, here to make these statements, and I'm not the only I, uh, person that has I'm to. I'm just gonna it. shoot, yeah. yeah, dude. If you're gonna like I, let him come sure. back, then like I mean, my I got God, to call out the bullshit when you smell it. I like it. I, I got to see Joe Fisher at uh, George Plaster's Celebrity Bowling Night. He was there, and a lot of Vanderbilt, uh, former Vanderbilt players were there as well. He He's still in the community. He's still involved, and he wants to be a part of, of Nashville. I think he, he would definitely want to be a part of Vanderbilt somehow. So I think that's uh, that's phenomenal, uh, Trevor. So uh, we've you know got all, all our give, first two. I'll give my donor money. I'm, a, and I'm an anchor <laughs> collective, and I'm a Commodore club. I want my Commodore Club money to go to Joe Fisher's paycheck. That's what I want it to go to. 
take my money it. out and 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 say, hey, this is from Trevor Hewlin. It ain't much, but he wants you back. And Will 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 also give his twenty five bucks as well. There we go. Yes, <laughs> it ain't much, but it's honest work. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, let's finish up real quick here with our third New Year's resolution. Uh, I'm going to go. This is really, really, really vague, but you hit on it a little bit, Will. I'm just going to say improve your marketing campaigns because that's something that is obviously we've talked about this a lot with winning will help marketing. Of course, winning will help bring people into the stadium, but you can also do things within your marketing department. But okay, first off, the the putting rec- football recruits on billboards is phenomenal. I think that it, other teams do it, but Vanderbilt, I, I want to say, started it. Um, and, and it might have even been under Mason. I think Coach Lee continued it. But what they do with that, they spent that's, – that's a way you can spend your money very wisely. The players love it. Families love it. They get to take pictures of it. Uh, fans love it. I think everybody loves it. That's something – do that more. I mean, you see billboards all across Nashville with other Vanderbilt stuff, but get creative like that. Get creative with, with your money because that's what you have to do. You're Vanderbilt. You know, you have to be creative. You have to think outside the box. So I don't, I don't know if I have the answer here, and we've talked about this a lot, Will, with, with improve your marketing campaigns. Um, find way – do things within the game, not just a, a cool halftime show, but uh, you know, something for the students, you know, whether it's – I don't, you know, they do Chick-fil-A all the time, but something even better where there's a concert before the game, you know, or there's a fireworks show after the football game. You know, there's so many ideas because you are in the city of Nashville. You may not get, you know, Vanderbilt fans, but you'll get sports fans who want to see a, a cool event, you know, something, oh, that's happening tonight. I may not care about the game, but I want to see that. And I have to sit through the game. I have to buy a ticket to see that. To see that, whether it's at halftime or after the game with a post-game fireworks show, um, you know, just a light show. They've tried light shows before, haven't necessarily worked because there's not as many fans in, in, in the stands. That, that, that's that been the big problem. So, guys, this is a lot harder uh, than than it actually, you know, th- this is, it's hard, it's easier to say uh, than, than actually get this done. It, obviously, you know, we, we, we talk about this so much, but, Will, I, I just think, a simple fireworks show to bring a, a family that that may not usually go to Vanderbilt games, something like that. A, a, a big time artist. We you talked about the country music singers. Will they're usually not big time artists, you know? It, it, and, and it may be hard for people. You know, that you may have people turn down Vanderbilt, but at the same time, you are in Nashville. Sell to that. Sell your your city, and and, and also in get involved downtown whether it's a, a, a pregame party at one of the bars, it's anything to, to get the city of Nashville involved with Vanderbilt because Nashville is expanding. Downtown Nashville is going to expand into West End even further, guys. I mean, we've seen it with all the hotels. West End is going to be it, – it's going to be a – it already is a part of downtown, but it's going to be even more so with a lot more skyscrapers, a lot more hotels, people coming in. They want to see a big event if they're in for a work weekend or whatever it may be, but get get a little creative because you're going to have to. There's not – there's winning right now with baseball. Football's headed in the right direction. Basketball is, is not. I mean, they're not winning. So before the, the actual winning happens, prepare yourself for unique marketing campaigns that – that you think can work. And that I, I feel stupid talking about it because I don't have the answers. I don't, I don't think anybody really has the answers. But 
find a way. I mean, find a way because you you are in the city of Nashville and there's so many opportunities. So um, honestly, guys, I really wanted to get at construction, the renderings uh, here. Uh, that That's really the most important thing. Uh, but then again, Will, this is kind of your avenue of marketing. There are things to be done and you have had a lot of good ideas uh, for this in the past. And so I think whether it's a fireworks show, a big name artist, uh, you know, that, that they may be in town, say, hey, you want to perform before the game or after the game so we can get people to stay after the game. Anything. I, I Again, I don't have all the answers, but I, I just know get creative and get the city of Nashville more involved because when the winning comes for football guys, Clark Lee said it in a, a great interview with Chris Lee, by the way, that I will promote. I'm not afraid to. Uh, I love what Chris does. Clark Lee said we want to be the party. We, we want to start the party downtown, and, and that's what I think we're going to look at uh, Vanderbilt football as, kind of the, the, the party starter downtown in Nashville and, and keeping people in Nashville because of Vanderbilt football. You know, people aren't leaving for the weekend. They, Vandy's got a big game. Let's stay in town to see South Carolina come in or this weekend or Florida come in this weekend. Let's not leave Nashville. Let's stay. We can't miss this. That's not there right now. Winning obviously will help. That, that's the end-all, be-all. But prepare yourself a little bit for, for some unique opportunities that you can have. So not much of a resolution there, but uh, just get creative. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, Billy, I'm going to basically talk about a few ideas on, on top of your third resolution is my third resolution because my third resolution was kind of a joke in case we'd run on a little too long. Uh, and you guys yeah. hadn't prepared uh, the same type so, of things. So was that, mine. that was mine my as third, well. My third, my third resolution is going to be hire an intern, hire one person on a contract and get the fucking logo fixed across every single website and app. It, it, it has been one of the most frustrating things as a fan, just finding Especially a game. Especially for things. me, somebody with, with heavy OCD, too. It's just like, <laughs> okay, cool. On Hulu, it's the old Vanderbilt Star logo. But on ESPN Basketball, they have the new Vanderbilt logo. However, on Vanderbilt 24-7, they've got the old logo. Get it fixed. Whatever you need to do, hire someone. Get that done. My 3A uh, going into marketing ideas and unique experience ideas, put in free Wi-Fi. Uh, that's something oh. unique that Vanderbilt could do a lot easier than other SEC schools. Because it'd be nice to have service in the state. Here is here is Yo. they had some big deal with Verizon that people with the Verizon service would have boosted service inside of the stadium, and I think that has been the case. But it's a less it, it is less of a logistics nightmare. And going to be an insanely lower bill when you're dealing with thirty to forty thousand people using a Wi-Fi network versus eighty to a hundred thousand people. When you're dealing with the amount of people that are at most Vanderbilt games, and start off making it a secure sign-in only, similar to students. You do this all on every college campus across America. They do this. Every season ticket holder for that sport has a username and a password into the Wi-Fi. So to start off, it's just for Vanderbilt season ticket holders with a unique account. It is done by, by Vanderbilt, I'm sure of. Currently with students, it wouldn't be hard to translate to your eight to 12,000 maximum that are going to opt in, probably 20, 30% maximum of your season ticket holders. Just start out small, do it as a beta, 
And then you can start to institute different type of in-game interaction with fans. Have a loyalty pro loyalty program for not just students, for fans. Once you implement the Wi-Fi within the stadium, then you can have things like scan this QR code for a few Vandy coins. And then after a certain amount of Vanderbilt coins, get rid of the stupid honorary anchor drop person and make that whoever has the most Vanderbilt points at the end of the football season gets to drop the anchor at the last home game or something, or the person with the most Vanderbilt points, or you can redeem it to go through a, through a quick access pass gate uh, that's only reserved for people that have bought this pass through the Vanderbilt loyalty program. There are an infinite number of ideas Candace Story Lee, if you've made it this far into the podcast or if anyone within the Vanderbilt administration, give me a give me a one to two hour window in front of you and I will present you with 40 ideas that that I'm sure 90 percent aren't going to work. But there have to be a couple gems in there because it's just lazy. Just to me, how I perceive it is lazy. It, it's not just that. I, and I'm not blaming this administration because they're they're relatively new. Uh, and they're coming in to pretty much a, a disaster, a big flaming pile of garbage that's 30 years behind everyone else. So there's a lot of work to do and their priorities are bigger. But there's so many little things that if you were hiring people that were truly passionate about Vanderbilt athletics and, and creating a better brand and a better vision for the future, just things like the state of the stadium. I mean, it, just walking around that thing. There are just so many areas in that Vanderbilt football stadium over the last few years, and I know they're working on the large revamp, but this is in reconstruction, but there were just areas where paint was just peeling and shitty and the black paint in the bathrooms, and there were just blank areas that easily could have been painted into murals of some kind or put up anything, and there are so many little things that as a fan growing up are just obvious. And Trevor, I, I know they are to you and Billy, I know they are to you, but it just feels like, why are they not being talked about? And we've been lenient on this administration uh, up until now because they have been moving forward in the right direction. And I think we've been feeling that uh, as a fan base, that some of these simple things and, and big things are actually being done and worked on. But in 2023, those things actually have to start happening. The ball has to start rolling down the hill. It's not about the momentum and kind of interest that, that fans have currently in, in what this administration is doing. Now you actually have to execute. Now is the hard part. You know, getting the renderings up and getting the fans behind it and everything, that, that's one thing because the fans are going to eat up anything that you're doing. But according to Robbie, I mean, they've closed down Jess Neely, but it's not fully approved by the city. Uh, to put in whatever they're doing. Um, it, there's a lot of logistical nightmares. So all of these suggestions that I just made, put those off a little bit uh, until you can get the uh, giant projects done. And I'm sure that Candace Story Lee has a lot of those little projects that she, she wishes, ah, that she wishes that she could spend time on. But Trevor, that was my long-winded fix the logo across all the websites across uh, the internet. I think on our uh, on our third one, we're all sort of on the same page with marketing. Uh, I'm going to go the same route. I know whenever we had uh, the guys from the Anchor Collective, um, a lot of people wanted to know about player-specific jerseys. I'm not even going to talk about player-specific jerseys. 
Vanderbilt needs to up their merchandise. Uh, and I'm not even talking about like, don't get me wrong, I would kill for an AJ Swan jersey. You're telling me I can't go into the bookstore and just get a Nike Vanderbilt basketball jersey? Like it's the it, for a Nike school, and I know it's not just like the Nike, like they have more than Nike, but the official Vanderbilt Nike selection is so limited. We have never been able to get access to the stuff that the coaches wear, um, like the jackets the players wear on the sideline. I mean, I remember growing up every year, my, my first Vanderbilt basketball jersey was my parents got me an A.J. Ogilvy one and then a Jeff Taylor same, one that I here. wore into the ground, worn to the ground. Yes, it is. It is a shame that a power, not just a power five school, but an SEC school. I can't go into the bookstore or go on vucommodores.com slash shop, or I can't go onto the bookstore's website and buy a basketball jersey. But if I went to what, or if I went to Murray State's bookstore, I can get an official Murray State basketball jersey. I mean, I remember last year, everybody, this is everybody was clamoring for the Nike Vanderbilt baseball hats that they wear on field. They never had them. They hadn't had them in a long time. And they kept saying, oh, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. They didn't hit the bookstore until baseball season was over. And I'm glad you have them now. But, like, guys, like, how hard is it just to, like, up the merch? You're it's hitting on that. They, this they, is perfect. Oh, Billy, go ahead. Well, sorry, real quick. Well, the I don't do orange shirts. It's that easy. It, it really is that easy. People, that I, easy. I would love to know. They I would dropped love to that. know how much money they made on those. They probably they made a killer. That. I swear to God, I bought it. I have push notifications for all of Vanderbilt sports. They dropped that link. I bought it immediately, like, like that. Trevor, I think you're hitting on kind of the perfect, perfect point I'm trying to make, which is the athletic administration will say X, Y, Z, there are these holdups, production issues, manufacturing issues, getting them in, whatever it is. My whole point is if you are currently working on these things and this person isn't completely brand new, as in you've just hired them in the last month, they are really shitty at their job and just get rid of them because whoever is doing it is not doing good enough. So if any of these suggestions that we are making, there is currently someone that was in charge last season that's still employed this season. Hire me, and I promise yeah. you I will be a force <laughs> of nature, and it will be a better tailgating experience if you hire me for that marketing coordination or event coordination position. And I promise you, you'll have better merchandise. I don't know that much yeah. about manufacturing, but I promise you, that 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 selection will be better than what they currently roll out trevor you're just, well, you're too, just uh, on it fire just now. it just seems like like a bs excuse because they're like oh well nike's slow to get this or like the supply chain i for example i totally understand that tennessee is a much bigger school than vanderbilt and they have much more sway in the state of tennessee vanderbilt baseball on the other hand is a national brand a global, not just in the state global, of Tennessee, really. global. How in God's name can Tennessee have official Nike baseball jerseys like that, official on-field caps, gear, 
And it took me till April before I could get a Vanderbilt baseball jersey. Because you, Trevor, you have Tennessee fans that are hired into those positions. Versus Vanderbilt is not pumping out constant graduates that they're re- that they're hiring in or that grew up as fans. They're graduating and, and then moving to I Los Angeles or, yeah, or Chicago or Atlanta. Yeah. But I searched on Instagram and I know there's some location based service on this, but on Instagram, unsigned in to Instagram and searched NCAA college baseball or NCAA baseball and Vandy boys was the number two result under the official NCAA baseball result yeah. in just, you know, top hits. I will so say, this is I, a I will big say, brand. I will say Vandy boys, whoever is in charge of that, I think it's Ben Brooks Webb. He has left. I think that's the area that every sport should follow suit in. Totally agree. They don't they don't have the same brand to to follow suit in as a Vandy boys. That's a pretty damn that's a pretty damn strong brand. You gotta win two national titles to help that. But the Vandy boys, the way they have done that, well, I think they have hats, they got shirts that you can buy. That is a positive they have done uh, in the Vandy boys side of things. Other than that, they really have failed. I mean, basketball, there's not a brand to really go on as of right now. Football, I think, is building towards that. Um, I think the Grease Gang, what Anchor Collective brought up, you can make some merch from that. I mean, th- there's yeah. there's ideas, uh, you know, and I think, guys, I think we could be a part of that. I mean, I'm not even kidding with, with uh, down the road. So who knows, guys, that a lot of these topics and conversation points are, are very broad, very, very vague. But at the same time, I think, Will, you did a good job of, of something simple, a, a practical Wi-Fi idea, you know, hot dog stands, stuff like that. Trevor, you brought up merchandise. Just give fans something to be proud of, get excited about, because right now there's just not a whole lot of that other than, you know, you've got the baseball team that you're still sort of clinging to. You've got the hope of the football team. But start to get the ball rolling when your programs do finally start winning and you're ready for all that to store to, to ring out, you know, the new year and 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 get rolling. So a lot of this is is prepare yourself. And Candace Lee is is, you know, I think overall the 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 ideas are there. The execution, I, I think it we're waiting and seeing on that, especially with this mm-hmm. stadium, the renderings and all that, guys. So um, that that has been the, the New Year's resolutions uh, slash to do list uh, for for Candace Lee, um, guys. I I honestly I still miss football though. I'm still in football mode. Like I wish we were previewing a football game right now. But honestly, guys, that makes it more exciting for next year. To to close us out, what are you guys most excited about for for this next football season coming up? I mean, what 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 is is there something right off the tip of your mind? recruiting class swan anchor collective real quick here to close it out what are you what are the the things you're most excited about for the football season as i sit here right now i just wanted to look at both of you billy your your video is frozen but i can at least look at trevor over the summer and and you know throughout 2023 i will inevitably have the mindset of no doubt about it i'm ready to be heard again right now my only resolution is to not do that, is to set, keep my expectations realistic for this upcoming season. But as of right now, I'm excited to sell. I, I can't hide it. I think that this team has potential to have explosion on the offensive side of the football like we have not seen in a very long time, probably in a different style since, you know, the Shermer years with Keyshawn Vaughn and Kalijah Lipscomb and Jared Pinkney all out there. You have mm-hmm. the pieces. 
but AJ Swan, I would say AJ Swan and Will Shepard and what that connection could potentially be this upcoming season if Quincy Skinner Jr. and Jaden McGowan are able to develop uh, on the other side and not allow double teams to Will Shepard. I think this offense and this passing game specifically with Hernandez back on that offensive line could be something special. Uh, and, and I know this is really early and, and this is a really early preview and expectations, but the passing game. And, and I just don't think that we've seen an explosive passing game like what this team has potential to offer since even before Shermer and the team I named and going back to the Chris Boyd and Jordan Matthews alongside Jordan Rogers uh, era of Vanderbilt football. I think this team has that level uh, of talent, at least on the outside, the running back position. That's going to be a question. The tight end position, that's a question. But quarterback, receiver, and O-line, which is rarely the three positions that we're naming off as Vanderbilt fans that we're confident in. I'm confident in those three positions. So looking forward to being heard again, Trevor and Billy. That is what I would say I'm looking forward to in 2023 for Vanderbilt football. Pain. I know it's only January. It's barely January. But I'm going to say this, Vanderbilt fans' expectations should be to make a bowl in the fall. They should be to make a bowl. I think six and six is the ceiling. I think your upcoming schedule you have is very forgiving. Um, But I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, A.J. Swan, um, there's no doubt about it. He's the most exciting aspect of this football team. Just is what it is. It almost always be the quarterback, but especially whenever you have a talented guy like Swan. Getting C.J. Taylor back, getting him signed to an NIL deal, mm. huge. Finally getting to see the Miles Capers play Vanderbilt mm-hmm. football, that's going to be really, really exciting. I think Vanderbilt has a lot of young, underrated talent on that defensive side, and I'm really, really excited to see how that turns out. Um, it's fair to expect C.J. only to take a step forward. And if he takes a step forward from what he was this year, I mean, my God, that would be yeah. that would be a sight to see. So on the defensive side, I, I think Vanderbilt should be really, really excited. For me, guys, I'm most excited about the expectations. I mean, you you talked about it, Will, and you just hit on it, Trevor, a bowl game. I mean, we, we can look forward to a bowl game next year, traveling to a, another city for a postseason opportunity to to finish with a winning record uh or if we're already if vandy's already at a winning record improve on that so i'm Mm -hmm. excited for the expectations i'm excited for for year three and and seeing how another core of recruits another class of recruits uh associates with the guys on the team right now and as i think it's good that we're this excited and uh you know we, we talked about the construction and some of the renderings that that's that's obviously most important for the resolutions but Let's let's keep uh, winning. Let, let's improve uh, on the record. Uh, Will, you, you got a confused look on your face. Uh, oh, right you were now. just cutting in and out. Oh, I, right, I didn't want to interrupt you because Candace, it was like please. just right when I would be wanting to go, Billy, you're you're freezing up. Pop, then you would start back talking in. again. Yeah. So that sorry about the confused <laughs> okay, face. Good also time just my to, face. <laughs> good time to end this episode. Uh, for Trevor Hoolan and Will Byram, I'm Billy Derrick. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Door Report powered by a Laco Find with Floors.